Let's go ahead and pray. Let's Amen. get ready to do this this morning. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You're so gracious and you're so kind. You're so incredibly mindful of us. You thought of everything. We thank you that you have absolutely thought of everything. We thank you that you thought enough of us to give us Jesus so that we could be born again and we could live and be in right standing with you. We thank you that you've given us written word that will correct and instruct us. We thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit that causes us to properly interpret the word and apply it to our lives. We thank you that you've given us um, pastors and fivefold ministry yes. groups, gifts that have a heart after you. We thank you that we don't have to stay the same. We thank you that you said anytime we see here and understand that we shall be converted. And so we put a demand on that word today. Today is our conversion day. Today we go to the next level of faith. Today we go to the next yes. level of holiness. Today we go to the next level of understanding. We refuse to say stay the same. We are not those that hear the word and forget what we hear. We are not those that put our hands to the plow and turn back. You have given us power and authority and we come sitting at your feet with the expectation expectation that you will teach us to be skillful and you will teach us yes. to be accurate so that our lives are never the same again. And we thank you for it now in Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you amen. believe that you ought to just begin to praise God, amen. we ought to be able to see your hearts. We ought to see your dancing things coming across the screen because you ought to be <laughs> like, listen, I have made a decision. I don't go to church for some religious reason. Mm -hmm. I don't go to church to check some morality box. I go to church at a church where I am being taught how to live in victory. Amen. And I'm going to hear the teaching and I'm going to apply the teaching. I love what Chris said at the end. She said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come to worship and then say things that don't agree with God. I'm not you, I want you to decide right now. You're not gonna come to church, hear this word about authority, and then if something happens crazy at your job, punk out, get scared, and fall apart and wonder what you're gonna do. If something happens in your family, wonder what you're gonna do, get a bad report and then start begging God for healing. No, you are going to come into agreement with the word of God and you are going to command your life agree with what God said Amen. because that is what power and authority is. Amen. And that, that is such a, 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 a an, an intro into what we need to talk about Amen. today. You know, we spent, <laughs> we spent weeks talking about how you have this power and authority, mm -hmm. right? But it's one thing to have power and it's one thing to have authority, but what do I do with that power and authority? And so that is what we're going to talk about uh, today. You know, I think one of the hallmarks of our ministry, and I may be biased, but I think one of the hallmarks of our ministry is that we have often said to people that it is not our desire to just tell you about God. Mm -hmm. It's not our desire to just tell you about faith or to tell you about walking in love because it's one thing to tell somebody something. It's another thing to show them how to put those principles into practice in their life. Like we can say to somebody, hey, you know, uh, we can tell you where Las Vegas is. We like Las Vegas, so I picked that. We can tell you where Las Vegas is. We can say, hey, Las Vegas is in the state of Nevada. We can tell you that. We can even get specific and tell you, hey, Las Vegas is 35 uh, degrees north latitude and 115 degrees west longitude. You look it up. We can tell you where it is. But what good does it do to tell you that if we don't tell you how to get there? Because telling someone who lives in San Diego how to get to Las Vegas is very different than telling somebody who lives in Texas how to get to Las Vegas, which is different than telling someone who lives in New York 
how to get to Las Vegas. The hallmark of our ministry has been that we don't just tell you what, but we tell you the how. And let me add something to your Las mm -hmm. Vegas story because you're talking about my favorite city, right? Okay. And the truth of it is, is that even if we told you how to get to Las Vegas, there is nothing like being in Vegas if we take you to Vegas and we show you how we do Vegas. Right. That is what the walk of faith and following after those who through faith and patience should do in your life. You got to learn how to follow the leader, yep. right? But I think that this is so important because I love what you just said right here. We, we could tell you how to get to Las mm -hmm. Vegas. We could give you a map. We could even take you to Las Vegas and say, if you, like so many people say, look at our pictures, they go, oh my God, we've never experienced Vegas like you do, right? But if we tell you that this is how we experience Vegas, and then when you get to Vegas, you won't do any of the things we told you to do, how many of you know you're not going to have the same experience right. in Vegas, right. Right? right? And I think that sometimes what people do is that they believe that people are living in victory and prospering in every area because they are exceptional. Yeah. And they're not exceptional. We're not exceptional. We're just good at following instructions. Yeah. And so if you, the Bible says to follow after those who, who through faith and patience have received the promise, right? So when you find out someone is walking in authority and victory in an area that you want, you need to do what they're telling you to do. It's not just enough to go to Vegas and then take your own adventure. And so, you, and so what Chris says then is literally, hey, this week, I need you to make a pledge that you're going to practice taming your tongue, that no matter what happens in your life, you're not going to allow the circumstances or situations that are going on in your life to cause you to say something contrary to the word of God. And I'm telling you, when life gets crazy and it, and it will, will, life will get crazy. I can promise you that it will. We must remember that in the midst of every single thing we face, every situation, every problem, every circumstance that comes our way, that as born again believers who has all this power, who has all this authority we've been talking about the last mm -hmm. six or seven weeks, as believers, we are the ones who have the authority from God to cause peace to come to troubled times. So if there is something going on in my life, I need to know that I am the solution. I am the solution. Some of you need to say that this morning. Say, I am the solution. I know that sounds braggadocious. I know it sounds audacious, but let me tell you something. If you don't see yourself as the solution, you're always going to be looking outside somewhere else. But God says he's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. In, in fact, there's a couple of scriptures I want us to look at. Let's look at Psalms 34. Psalms 34 and 17 says the righteous cry out and the Lord does what? Hears he hears them. them. And what? He doesn't just hear us as we cry, but what does he do like a good father? He delivers them out of what? All of our troubles. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. Somebody ought to give it, be giving God some praise because no matter how crazy life gets, God is there to hear us when we cry out to him. We don't just cry out, oh my God, I don't know what to do. We say, no father, I need wisdom. I need insight. I need understanding. I need direction. Holy Spirit, tell me what to do. He says he hears us and then he delivers us out of all of our troubles. People read that, though, and they think that deliverance is like picking you up and plucking you somewhere else. No, he delivers us by giving us the process. Oh, that's good. he delivers us by giving us the the, the, the the systematic instructions and steps that we need to take. And when we do that, then we fall into what he says in first Peter. Let's look at first Peter five in first Peter five. He begins to say this in the message translation. He says the suffering. So we're going through some stuff, right? The suffering won't last forever. And here's what believers need to know. You will go through something. 
you are not exempt from life's challenges because you're born again. In fact, there are going to be some things that are going to come to try to attack you because you are born again. But you don't have to worry. We just yeah. read where he delivers us out of all of yes. our troubles. He says the suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before, watch this, this generous God we have who has great plans for us in Christ, watch this, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together, watch this, and on your feet, how long? For good. For good. So those two scriptures right there alone solidifies for me that I not only have power and authority, but I, but it's up to me to activate it. I have to activate this power and this authority. And if I don't do that, then I end up living a life that is beneath what is possible. I love how you're explaining this, though, because I think that this is important is because if you look at Psalms, like you said, there are so many people who they're waiting on God mm -hmm. instead of using the tools that God has given them. Yep. Right. So here's a good example. Someone is sick in their body yep. and they're waiting on God to supernaturally yep. heal them, but they won't make confessions every yep. day. Yep. They won't drink more water. Mm -hmm. They won't rest. They won't walk. They won't do the things that God is telling them to do because what they say is, no, I'm waiting on God to deliver me. I love that you say it. I need everybody to put this in the comments. Many times, my deliverance will come through the instructions of God. Absolutely. Put that in the comments. Many times, my deliverance is going to come from the instructions of God. Which is why I say that we are the solution. It's not that I'm saying, hey, I'm, I'm all of this. I'm saying I have all of this in me. And because I have all of this in me, I am the solution because as a believer, and I know it's one of those things that, that we talk about sometimes, but, but I really want to hit it home today. As believers, we must not be afraid we to acknowledge afraid. That, that we possess the ability and know-how to get the job done. We have the ability to get the job done. We have and, if, and, if, and if I know that I have the ability to get the job done, then I'm not always waiting for somebody else to show up and do it for me. How do I... How to activate your power, your authority for maximized results. How am I going to get maximized results? I'm going to stop waiting on somebody else to come along and, and, and give me the solution. I am the solution. Why can I say I'm the solution? Because the solution lives in me. So when I see a problem, I don't magnify the problem bigger than me. I realize, wait, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And because he is in me, then I am greater than the problem. What that does for my mind, and we don't have to get into the whole psychology of it, but what that does is that opens up my mind to a realm of possibilities. So now no longer am I this idea that this problem is bigger than me and I can't do anything to it, I start to see multiple solutions to the problem. Yeah, I become, I, not only do I have a solution to get out of this one, but I see how to get out of that solution, get out of that problem, that problem, that problem. I have so many solutions when I understand that as a believer, it's okay for me to acknowledge that I have the power and the authority to get the job done. But this requires a massive paradigm shift, a paradigm, a thinking shift for many believers. And that's what we've been pushing them toward We're this last 
shift because so many believers, you see yourself as broken. Mm -hmm. You see yourself as battered. You see yourself as abused. You still see yourself as molested. You still see yourself as raped. Yep. You still see yourself as someone who had an abortion. You still see yourself as someone who um got divorced or can't find love. And when you see yourself from that broken place, what ends up happening is you can't fully operate in the authority because when we tell you to operate in authority in the authority you begin to tell us why it's not you why you don't qualify for it why you're not good enough to do it you've got to come into agreement and it reminds me of a conversation i had with somebody who's not a believer who actually said to me on friday she says sean i have a question she said i'm just confused she said i'm not a believer i've never grown up in church she said but here's what i do know i know that people who believe in jesus say they have been reborn mm -hmm. and she said what i don't understand is how you can believe you are reborn and still live such a powerless life what are you actually reborn for? Well, we talked about this yesterday about how we don't say it to other people a lot because we know the other people want to fight you almost they when you say it. You. But we say all the time, we're divine. We're divine. We that, that right there bothers people. Why I don't know. We can say our father in heaven, but then won't say we're divine. If my father's divine, then I have to be what? Divine. My kids are stricklings because we're stricklings. I mean, I don't understand why people have such a hard time with that. We are divine. And because we are divine, we have divine solutions. We have divine solutions. And I think that this is now here. Let me see how many people are going to click off the broadcast. No, no, no. no. But you, see, you ought to have everybody on here. See, because Let's you see how been, many people are going to click off. You've been stuck saying that you still a sinner saved by grace. It logically doesn't make sense. And in reality, if it offends you, it's exactly what offended the disciples. Yeah, he, um, it, 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 the, the religious, the, mm -hmm, Pharisees, the Pharisees. And literally when Jesus said, ye are gods, mm -hmm. that's what the Bible says. Romans 8, I mean, Psalms 8 says, ye are gods right it didn't say you are god it would be like my son saying um pretty much everybody calls taylor included everybody calls um our kids strict too right now i remember the first time i went to your family reunion right. on the strickland side yeah. well i called you strict but they call everybody strict about so, 35 people turned around. right so you say hey strict and everybody turns around because everybody identifies with who they are mm -hmm. what i can't understand we got all of these people who want their kids to be their mini me and you know i love to say this your kid don't look nothing like you but you all on social media talking about that's your mini me because your expectation is that something mm -hmm. that comes from you should ought resemble you. you it ought to resemble mm -hmm. you it ought to reflect you yep. how do you now believe you come from god you are born again of god but you are still a victim to life circumstances Come on, and you've got to make that shift because if you don't make that shift, you will have all of this power and all of this authority, but you will still live like you are broken and battered and beat up, and you will still be waiting on the Archangel Michael to come down and trouble the water so you can get in a better situation. You've got to decide to believe the word. And the reason you got to decide to believe the word, because once you start, once you start to believe what the not just believe the word, once you start to believe what the word says about you, about you, because that's the reason why. Me and you can look at each other with with unequivocal uh doubt and say we are divine why because when i am divine that means now i have authority not only in the earth realm but i have authority in heaven 
And the Bible tells me that I have the authority to demand whatever is in heaven, whatever has been established in the heavens, I can demand that it be established here in the earth. I am an ambassador of God. So at least in the earth where I live, in my area of the earth, I can use my words to command that it lines up, at least for me, to be heaven on earth. Now, I got to help the people, though, mm -hmm. right? Because I want you to understand this. You are not God. You are created in the image mm -hmm. of God. So you're not God. So when we begin to talk about exercising authority, we are not talking about bossing God around. This is the reason that we say, what did God say? It literally should look like this. We go to court in prayer. We find out what God says about something. God says, hey, Edwin, you're healed. You then come back out of the realm of prayer and you begin to demand that everything in the earth come into agreement with what heaven said. Prayer is not a place. This authority, this is not us bossing God around. You can't make God do nothing he won't already do. Well, and, and people and people get that. They do. They get that because everybody who has ever been involved in anything understands hierarchy. They understand that there is instruction and authority and how it comes. And if they don't go back and listen to the last eight weeks, eight the last weeks. eight weeks, we've been preaching to you about how we have this power and we have this authority. It's been given to us through the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. And that as a result, we do not have to tolerate sickness. We don't have to tolerate disease, fear, lack, insufficiency. Why? Because we have been given authority by a greater authority. Yes. Uh, sickness is an authority. But God is a greater Ooh, authority. Good. Disease is an authority, but God's a greater authority. Lack is an authority, but God is a greater authority. Insufficiency is an authority, but God is a greater authority. So the authority we have is greater than lack, sickness, disease, insufficiency, fear, any of that you stuff, teacher, because babe. it came from a greater authority. But if but but just like we had this whole conversation about our kids, when Kanan went downstairs to tell the kids that I wanted them, the first time she went down there, she went on her own authority. She went down on her own authority and, and said, no y'all need cared. to come upstairs. And nobody cared. No one No cared. one listened. But when she went back downstairs and said, daddy said, y'all better come upstairs right now. Everybody moved. Why? Because the authority she went in the second time was a greater authority. I don't live in my authority. I operate in God's authority. That's so and when good. I do that, I have the ability to command to everything on this earth that it has to line up with heaven because heaven's a greater authority. So what I also hear you saying is that you're going to be under somebody's authority. You're going to be under somebody's you're gonna authority. You're going to be under. So you're either going to agree with God and be under his authority, which puts the enemy under your feet, mm -hmm. or you're going to have the enemy on top of you because you won't agree with God. And yep. so then he's going to exercise authority yep. over you. And that's why he does your money like he does. And that's why he does your house like he uh, does. And that's why he torments you on every job because you won't come under the authority of God and begin to say that there are things that should be working on your behalf and that heaven is waiting to respond and the earth is too. 100%. 100%. And that is the reason it is time for us to move beyond just saying we have power and authority. To learn talking how about to have. Come on. How do Come we on. activate your power and authority for maxim? Don't everybody wants maximized results, don't you? I mean, when you're doing something, you want to do it the, the most efficient way possible to get the most out of it, right? Yes. And that's why the Bible tells us in First Corinthians 15 and 57, it says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So, how are you going to get the victory? Because you're so intelligent? No. 
Cause you got so much money? No. Nope. Cause you got so many connections? No. Nope. Cause you went to this school and matriculated through this university and this organization? No. Nope. Nope. We sound like victory. a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> victory comes. Victory comes through, through Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> no, no, no. Do it again. I'm ready. Which side are we going no, to we'll first? Go this side. Come on. Okay. Victory, victory comes through, through Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> ah, that's our TikTok for today. All right. But that's how it comes. Victory comes through Jesus. So if victory comes through Jesus, then in order for me to learn to activate that power and authority, we got to know who Jesus is, which we've been talking about. Yeah. But now we got to talk about what's my part. What's my part? Because you have a part to play. Because you got a part to play. So what's my part? Let's talk about this first thing. In order to release power and authority, that God has given us. Here's the first thing we must do. We must learn to speak out. We must learn to use our words. Using your words is the is is the number one activator. It's the number one activator of your power and your authority. We know this. We know it works this way because the Bible says that, that that's how God established the world. Mm-hmm. What he 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 he. Sp- Spoke it into existence. And so because he spoke it into existence, because he breathed life into man and man became a speaking spirit, then the same power and authority, the same demonstration. You said it earlier. We follow after those who through what? Faith Faith and and patience patience have done what? Obtained the the promise. promise. That's how we're going to have to do it. And so speaking is so incredibly important. We know that God has ultimate power. We know that. But as believers, we are authorized to use that same power. We activate this power by using our words. You said this morning when you gave your testimony, you said you got the revelation that when you pay your taxes and no one, let's be honest, don't nobody really like paying their taxes, okay? Especially when they, when they, a lot of taxes, you got to pay, yeah. but, but, but you, but you made a shift and you said, okay, I'm going to sow this seed and, and I'm calling it a seed. Why, why did it become a seed? Because you called it that mm-hmm. you had the ability to speak and you called it a seed. Now, once you call it a seed, what do seeds do? They go they and grow and they give you a harvest. And so then that seed goes and grows, gives you a harvest. Now, you don't get to determine how the harvest comes. Come on. We talk about the kingdom all the time. You didn't know that our insurance, the Blue Cross and Blue Shield was going to contact you and say, hey, we got a new program that's been released through the federal government because you're self-employed, blah, blah, blah. You can you can end up getting insurance this way. And then they reduce it almost by $11,000 for the course of an entire year. Well, okay, that may not be all of it. So when it's not oh, all it's of your tax, blade. so when it's not all of your tax money back, it's the blade though. The blade. And if God will give you the blade, you know He'll give you the full ear. Yes. And so now you're in you're in expectation of of what's coming next because you know God's not through. Well, it's so interesting because it, it's not that people don't speak; it's that many times what most people don't realize is how incredibly mm-hmm. negative they are. Yep. Because most people have never spent the time to think about their thinking. They don't realize how incredibly pessimistic they are and how incredibly negative they are. And it's it's hard to be in faith when you're negative and when you're pessimistic. Right. And some people don't realize it is it's, it's why I had this one situation. I won't name names, but I was explaining to someone that, that they seem to be very negative, that they had a negative self-talk. And it was like, no, I really don't. I don't know why you see it like that. So I secretly recorded them. 
for about 15 to 20 minutes, just in the course of our conversation. And then I played it back for them and they were blown away by how many negative things they said in a 15 minute conversation when they were just talking to a friend. I'm like, listen, you got to be careful because you can become so negative that you don't know you're negative. So when you do, so, for example, around text tax time, people who have to sure. pay taxes because yeah. everybody don't see yeah. tax time yeah. the same yeah. way right. like right. i remember when we used to be really excited yeah, about tax me too. time right that that now it's just like mr tax man go away so i had a decision to make that the holy spirit really called me on are you going to when you see that tax bill are you going to get aggravated mm. are you going to get negative mm -hmm. are you going to get frustrated yep. are you going to believe that the same guy who is increasing increasing your business is the same guy who has a plan for everything same in god. your same god and many many of us because we are undisciplined mm -hmm. in our thinking mm -hmm. then you are undisciplined in your speaking yep. here's an example when all of this stuff begins to take place with, with black lives and how mm -hmm. the police treat mm -hmm. us, right? You have to learn how to speak out in a way that doesn't begin to attach you to something you would never want right. to happen in your life. Now, people think you doing too much, but the Bible says, if I'm going to have the fruit of my words, I'm never going to say that could be my son. The devil is a bald face right. lie. Right. It'll never be my right. son. If angels have to come down from Ohio. Now you think that's arrogant. What I think is that that's Bible. Mm -hmm. I think that that's Bible mm -hmm. that he's told us to put a guard over our mouth. Now, here's the thing. Well, because you're not saying it couldn't be your son because your son's special. You're yes. saying it can't be your son because I am I am putting this hedge of protection and God is greater than any enemy that will come against my yes. son. And that's the difference. Yes. You know, people need to understand that. We're not saying that, oh, we're saying it could never happen that to us our because kids so our good, kids are so all good. That different blah, stuff. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. We're saying that we trust God's word enough to make the declaration that it won't be our kids. Well, and we've trained our kids. Yeah, yeah. We've trained our yeah. kids. And I don't mean we've trained our kids how to respond to being pulled over black. Right. We've trained our kids two things. One, no one leaves our house without this statement right here. Yahweh goes before mm -hmm. you. Yahweh goes before you. We don't get on the road. We don't get on a plane. Pastor was, he was saying, every time you get on the plane, you touch yep, the plane. Why do you do. touch the plane? Every time I get on the plane, I, I touch the plane. I anoint the I side of that plane. plane. And I say to this plane right here, I say, I am an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am on my way to a destination. It is your responsibility to get me to that destination safely in the name of Jesus. Now, you think I'm extreme. <laughs> you may think I'm extreme. I said something a little different. What you say? I touched the plane, and I said, because I'm on here, all of y'all arriving safely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say, I I say this but plane, it's the same thing. <laughs> I say this plane has been commandeered on behalf of heaven. Mm -hmm. This this plane now, right now, this plane is it is it is an embassy as mm -hmm. long as I am on this plane. But we've taught our kids to say Yahweh goes before mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Taylor in Atlanta, she can say she about to go somewhere. Yeah. Even Jordan, the kids will get in there and they'll go, Tay, Yahweh goes Yahweh before, go you. before you. But the other thing that we've taught our kids to do is to listen to the Holy Spirit, which means our kids will say to us, I was getting ready to go somewhere. The Holy Spirit told me to come back home. I was getting ready to go this way. The Holy Spirit told me to come back home. We literally take authority in the spaces that we are in. You think I'm playing. We got a store, a neighborhood market that's a mile from our house, yeah. right? 
when we go to the neighborhood market and somebody see you walk out the door, they say, Yahweh, Yahweh goes, goes before you. you. Yep. Yahweh goes before you. What? The Lord goes before mm -hmm. me. So that means every plot and plan of the enemy that would try to take my life on the way to this destination, I have sent the Lord before me, which means I give the Lord permission to tell me if I shouldn't go right now. Because look at what we're doing with our words. When we say Yahweh go before you, what are we doing? Activating. We're, We're activating. activating that power and the authority of Yahweh's protection over our life. So again, point number one is about learning how to appropriately, appropriately use your words use because your words. you're right. People use their words, but we're talking about how do you appropriately use your words? We can speak. We have the ability to speak to sickness, to disease, to lack, to insufficiency, to heartbreak, to pain, to fear. We have the ability to use our words to speak to those things and cause them to come in alignment with heaven. Now, if you can go and find sickness in heaven, then you can have it in your life. Mm. If you can find fear in heaven, then you can have it in your life. If you can find insufficiency in heaven, then it's okay to be in your life. If you can find a uh, heartbreak in, in heaven, it's okay to be in your life. But if those things are not to be found in heaven, and we know what's what's in heaven because we can see it based on his word, then they don't have then I don't have to allow them to be in my life. And here's the thing that makes people mad sometimes, and I'm gonna challenge you on it. If they're in your life, you're allowing them to. Now you may not you may not invite them to come, but once they come, it is up to you to evict them. If they don't belong, how do you evict them? With your words. With your words. When people give you an eviction notice, even if they don't speak to you, they put it in writing. Why? Because those words let you know that you're evicted. And so we've got to make sure that we're evicting those things that do not belong in our lives, out of our life. I got a couple of scriptures I want us to look at, and then we're going to get to your second point. No, definitely do Matthew 18. Let's look at Matthew 18 and 18. Matthew 18 and 18 says, whatsoever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And that whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, we use our authority by opening our mouths and speaking God's word. By doing so, we can call every disease by name and it is subjugated to the authority that we have been given because of what Jesus Christ did to us. Every every disease. And I like when you say disease means to be to be to, to dis-ease, to not be at ease. So where are you at everything that is that is that is causing us unease? We have the ability to subjugate it, to put it under our feet by using our words. We've got to learn what's that thing we said? Tame our tongue. Tame we got to tame our thoughts, tame our tongue, tame our heart, our temperament, and tame our team. Taming that tongue is so important. And I love how Chris was just worshiping this morning at the end of worship. She just came out and started preaching that. She came out and literally started preaching point number one, asking the people on this week, please tame your tongue. And you don't want to know what people's one of people's biggest problems are. What's that? They live by their feelings and not by faith. Man. You live by your feelings. Everything is about how they feel. Everything is about how they feel. I felt like. I, I feel, feel like. I, I feel, feel like. I, I feel like I'm broken. I feel like you don't like me. I feel like I all feel of this like. different stuff. And the, your your feelings are so fickle. I'm, I'm just going to use us, right? Listen, I've got this practice I've been doing for 20-something years now where every morning when I wake up, I thank God for all the things I love about you. Mm -hmm. And so when I wake up typically in the morning, I am feeling real warm and fuzzy towards you, right? Mm -hmm. But like sometimes during the day, you harass me. Yeah. 
Yeah, do you? Yeah. Tell the people. Yeah. You harass me. When you harass me, I don't feel warm and fuzzy about you. When I wake up in the morning, I just want to be wherever you are. When you start harassing me, I don't want to be wherever you are. I want you to go away. I almost put on Facebook last night, somebody come get him, right? <laughs> but that's a fickle feeling because if somebody has showed up at my house to come get you. You be scratching would... their eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scratching nobody's eyes out. First of all, I punch in the face. I don't scratch nobody's eyes out. So get it right. But anyway, so you live by your feelings. So you 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 do what you do based on what you feel. So when you do what you do based on what you feel, then you say what you say based on your feeling. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to talk about how Chris, Chris corrected me. You used to harass me so much mm -hmm. that I would say, oh, I hate you. I can't stand mm -hmm. you. Every time I would say it, Chris would say, Mom, watch your words. Watch your words. I know you're, Edwin, that's this ain't about you. No, this ain't about you. That's what Chris Tell your own story. Chris would say, watch your words. I don't need you to say what Chris said. I already <laughs> said what Chris said, right? Oh, I'm trying to help. I don't want your help. <laughs> so Chris would say, Mom, don't say that. What was she trying to get me to do? She was reminding me that the enemy wanted to use something I would say in jest mm -hmm. to plant a seed mm -hmm. that would produce a harvest mm -hmm. that I did not want. That you did not want. Amen. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Amen. And I'm telling y'all, one of the ways that the, with the with, where the enemy's very crafty is he will get you to say something in jest. Yeah, yeah, he true. will get you to say something yeah. in anger. Yeah. He will get you to say something so he can get it planted in mm -hmm, your heart. Mm -hmm. At the see, I, I tell people this all the time. The enemy always playing the long game. Yeah. He is always playing the long game. He wasn't trying to get me to say I hate you so that I could hate you in that moment. Mm -hmm. He was trying to get me to say that I hate you so Ooh, that when good. something that's we good. when I when I don't like something between us, that what would come up in my heart is that I actually hated you. See, when you don't know the difference between what God is saying and what you're feeling and what the enemy is saying, then you will begin to confuse the two. And I'm gonna just tell y'all, a lot of y'all, what you think is discernment, it ain't discernment, it's bitterness. Mm -hmm. it's not discernment is dysfunction it's not discernment it's pain and so your discernment mm. I, I feel like god told me you ain't trustworthy no because if god told you somebody wasn't trustworthy he would say they wasn't you trustworthy you it. ain't got to feel that right. they're not trustworthy right, right right and i think that this is important i'll use this last example and i'll let you use the rest of your scripture grief is something we see in our community mm -hmm. all the time yep in the african-american community we believe that one of the ways we honor our ancestors is how much we grieve mm, over them. Mm. So we will tie ourselves to words. So before, so 20 years before your mama ever die, before big mama ever die, mm. you already saying, I can't make it without mm -hmm. her. I can't make it without, I don't know what I would do without my mama. I'm just going to tell you people don't like when I say this. We tell our kids this. If life goes if right. Life goes right. If life goes if life right. Goes you're right. supposed to bury your grandmama and your mama. Mm -hmm. They are if not life, supposed to bury you. They are you. not supposed to bury you. Our children are supposed to bury mm -hmm. us if life goes right. So we think it's a cute and a noble thing to be saying, oh, I can't. We, we laugh all the time. We be saying stuff like, I don't want to be without you, but I'm going to make it if you don't. Mm -hmm. if, I, if you go first, I'm going to make it. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I'm not going to. Now, I want you to understand how crafty the enemy is because the enemy is a legalist. And then he uses words mm -hmm. to bind you to something. So you spent all of those years talking about how you can't live without your mom. Mm -hmm. You spent all those years talking about how you can't live without your grandmama. And then your, now your grandma 95 and she don't went home to be with the Lord. You ain't before it. 
And now you can't function on Christmas. Yeah. You can't function on Thanksgiving. You can't function on Mother's Day. You can't function every- on Wednesday because she died on a Wednesday. Because you can't function on Wednesday because she died on a Wednesday. You can't function on the 21st of no month because she died on the 21st of a Childish. month. And you like, and then what people will say is people think they're being helpful. Mm-hmm. They say, um, well, you can't control grief. You can control grief. Because when grief shows up, you can say, hold on just a second. I'm sad right now. I'm sad. I'm sad. I miss my grandma. But I read that the Bible says he took my grief. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, I need to make an exchange with you because I'm really missing my grandmama right mm-hmm. now. And what I want to do is get in the bed and put the cover over my head. But I read in your word that you took my grief. So I need to make an exchange. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, these are the subtle ways. These things that we say that we get the we, we, we'll use our words and then the enemy gets legal authority over us by our own confession. Fashion. Yep. You said you can't make it. Yep. You said you don't have no money. You said if it ain't one thing or this another. You said it ain't no good for me. You said you can't find friends. And then you wonder why you see it in your life. You are under the authority of the enemy because you use words that agree with hell instead of words that agree with heaven. Which is exactly why Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us. Oh, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit of it or eat the fruit thereof. So whatever you're speaking, whatever you're loving, that's what you're going to eat. So so when you're talking, you talked about the enemy binding you legalistically to Mm. your words. That's why it says be so careful about what you say because death is there, but life is always there. So which one are you going to speak? You're going to speak death or you're going to speak life? Because whichever one you love, that's the one that's going to come out your mouth. And whichever one comes out your mouth, that's the one you're going to end up living by. It's also why Matthew 12 and 37 in the King James Version says this. It says, for by thy words, thou shalt be what? Justified, justified and then by thy words that shall also be what condemned. Condemn. so it is whatever i say it is it is whatever it I is say whatever it is. i say it is i can be justified by the but this instrument can justify me or this instrument can condemn me i like what it says in the voice translation it says the righteous will be acquitted by their own words. Now, I like that word acquitted because you said that the enemy binds us to something legally. We talked about how Jesus then took all of the guilt that was uh, laid to our account and he acquitted us. It says the righteous will be acquitted. How? By their own words. My words get me out of trouble. My words rescue me. me. So I got to make sure I'm using the appropriate words. It says, and you evildoers. Now, now if you read this, you find out why he called them evildoers, because they were saying things that were contrary to what had been laid out in Scripture. He says, you evildoers, you're going to be what? Condemned by what? Jesus didn't say, I'm going to condemn you. What did he say? He said, you're going to be condemned by what? Your own words. Your own words is what's going to imprison you. Your own words is what's going to stop you. Your own words is what's going to cause you not to get to your destiny, your 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 your, your destiny or, or your promised land. Your words. So if my words are that powerful, I gotta govern how I use. I gotta govern how I use. My no words. one would get. No one would give a five year old a loaded gun because they don't know how to use it. But some of us act like five-year-olds with loaded guns where our mouths are concerned. We just shoot off every time we think something, every time we feel something. We just we just say what it is. I'm keeping it real. No, you're not keeping it real. You're keeping it, you're keeping it earthly. 
and you and you and if you keep that's it so earthly, good. that's that's going to be the highest level you can live at. And so it's Ooh, important good, that you man. understand that number one, how do I activate this power and authority I have for maximized results? I gotta learn to appropriately appropriate my words. Now, you know, I'm gonna ask, how is this ministering to you guys? Are you understanding this? Can you see some places that you need to deal with your words? Now, I wanna bring in a scripture that's not in our notes that confirms what you said when okay. you talk about condemn. In Isaiah 54, I believe it's Isaiah 54 and 17, it says, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me, it tells you how the weapons come. Mm -hmm. Every tongue that rises against me I will condemn it. Yep. You're waiting on God to condemn it. It's up to and me. And how are you going to condemn it? With my words. With your words. With my words. And I think that this is so important because I believe not only is it imperative what we say about ourselves, it's imperative what we say about other people. Sure. Literally, God, see, you're not prophetic because you can point out what's wrong with people. It, it, you, no, no, no. You just can see in the natural because you can point out what's wrong mm -hmm. with people. What God is looking for is people who literally can take somebody who is broken and you can begin to call out who they really are. Gideon literally is hiding in a wine yeah. press. He is scared to go to war. And what does he call it? He calls him a, a mighty, mighty man, man of, of valor. valor. So what are you saying about your kids? What are you saying about your spouse? Yes. What are you saying about your employer? Many of you, you go to work and you curse your employer and then you wonder why it doesn't get any better. You're there to declare, to release heaven in the earth over that situation. But the enemy, what he does, I know because here's his strategy. His strategy is to get you so caught up in your feelings. I know his strategy is to get you so caught up in your feelings that you will literally say anything yep. to get you so caught up in your feelings. You will say anything about your kids, anything about your spouse, anything about your health, anything about your money. And you will feel justified in doing it because in your mind, you have a legitimate reason for having a reckless mouth. Well, we see this play out with Jesus and his disciples. You said, we've said this three times now, we follow after those who through faith and, and patience have obtained the promise. We, we, you, we talk about needing a role model, right? Uh, and, and you can find those role models different places, but Jesus so oftentimes demonstrates for us what needs to be done. If you look at Matthew chapter 10, verse one, and then verse seven and eight, in Matthew chapter 10, verse one, it says, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, talking about Jesus, it says he gave them power, right, against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, again, we talked about imagination. Imagine Jesus standing there with these disciples that are around him. He calls them and he says, okay, I'm giving to you. So he didn't have like a, a tub or, or some little pouch that he get. He literally just used his words. He says, I'm giving you power against unclean spirits so that you can cast them out so that you can heal all manner of sickness that all manner means physical mental emotional he said i want you to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease and then in verse seven he goes on to say this he says and i love this part he says and as you go preach, preach. what same. same so jesus models for us 
He says, now, I've given you the power and authority, but here's how you're going to activate it. You gotta As you go, something. you got to say something. You gotta say As something. you go, you have to say something. What do I need to say? The kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. He says, you got to say something. I've given you the power and the authority, but you can't just be walking around town with power and authority. You got to say something. What you got to say to every evil spirit, the kingdom of God is at hand. To every sickness, you're healed in Jesus' name. To, you, to every leper, get up and walk. Your skin is healed. Raise the dead. Get up. It ain't your time yet. It ain't yet. your time. Get Cast up. Cast out every devil. He says, then freely you've received it, so freely give it. In other words, don't be going out charging folk for it. He says, if they, you, they'll, they'll take care of you. Because remember, he told us this happens. You're going to be taken care of. You don't need to take nothing with you. He says, you're going to be taken care of. But do this. Why? Because that was the process to activate power and authority so that they would have maximized results so that means if i hear you clearly because we're not gonna get through all these notes i hear you, if i hear you we clearly, will just not today oh, okay <laughs> if i hear you clearly then what that means is that when someone reaches out to us or to any of you because i'm, I'm gonna call y'all out on this i love what bianca said earlier she said i repent anytime i've spoken death some of you God wanted to use you to encourage people. And what you did was co-sign with a situation. Yep. He wanted to use you to remind them that the kingdom of God was at hand. But you told them about who else you knew had died mm, from it. Mm. He, you told them about who else you knew who didn't get a recovery from it. And so what happens is it's like, can God trust your words? Mm. Because many of you, because you are double minded in your mind, you are double minded out of your mouth. So if we can, if somebody call you right out the church, you got a good word for them. But it's you. But you got two words. You got the words. You got what you would do and you got what God would say. And then what happens is that depending on what kind of mood you in, it's what you tell people. So my responsibility when someone calls me and tells me that they are sick to tells me that they are oppressed, tells me that they can't make it, tells me that they're broke. My responsibility is to say what God is saying. And this is where a lot of people get offended is that many times when people have a problem, they don't actually want you to give them the word. They want you to give them pity yeah. and you can't have pity and be powerful. Yeah. And understand this. If you call one of us, it is not that we are not empathetic to your situation. It's that we understand that if we get down here with you, you're not going to come out. That is why we're going to say to you, we're going to say to you, listen, I know you received a bad doctor's report, but here's what the word of the Lord says. I know your kid is acting crazy, but here's what the Lord said. I know you just lost your job, but here is what the Lord says. It doesn't mean we don't empathize with what you're going through and the truth of it is is that we treat each other the same Absolutely. way we treat each other the same and, way and what we do many times is we'll let the other person go ahead and get it get, get it all out, out. I, ain't, I ain't got i just i'm just gonna listen i'm gonna let you get it all out and once you get that out now let's talk about what the word says now let's talk because about what the, word the reality says. of it is you already are down here you don't need me to help you be down here what you need me to do is to help elevate you back to where the word is you know, I like something you said this morning when we were coming uh, to church uh, and I forget exactly how you phrased it. I was driving, but you was you was doing the message before the message and you were talking about this. I, oh, that's what you were saying. You were talking about praise. You said that praise does not take you. Praise doesn't move God. 
Praise moves you to where God is. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the same thing with your words. Your words don't move God. What your words do is move you to where God is. And when if your words will move you to where God is, then that's when you receive blessing, healings, deliverance, and all that. Because wherever God is, that's where it is. You know, we tell the story about how when Jesus was was walking through and he would he just passed by a funeral procession. And the, and the dead man got up just because Jesus passed by. Why? Because life was in it. And so if you will use your words, godly words, your 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 God filled, your heaven sent words, it will not just it, it won't just move God into your situation. It moves you away from the situation into God. Yes. And I was thinking about this is that because the Lord had given me he would he had shown me something that's going to happen in our life. Right. And he was saying to me, I need you to praise me because you believe it's done, even though you haven't seen it yet. Mm. You believe it because I said it. Mm -hmm. And he began to walk me through. And I was really honest. I know this time where you're trying to praise hard enough to get God mm -hmm. to do something. Mm -hmm. You're trying to offer up a, what you consider to be a sacrificial praise. And you really just beg it. Yeah. You really just try. God, I'm so serious about you. I'm going to show you with this dance. I'm going to show you with this. You don't hand. understand the power and authority you have. So you're trying to move God. God rather than moving yourself to where he is. Yes. So you crying to show God you serious and you own the flow and you land and you land flat on your face, but it's not from a position of belief. Mm -hmm. And how do you get to that thing? Because I, you know, I was thinking about this. Um, you know, in the Bible tells us the the man who didn't believe about his son, he said, help my unbelief, mm -hmm. right? He says, help my unbelief. Well, there are now born again believers who are still saying that same thing. Help my unbelief. But Romans tells us how we help unbelief. Mm -hmm. We help unbelief with the word. Mm -hmm. So understand this. It's now, so, so then faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, and hearing by the word. Hearing, so what happens is, is that when I find out I don't believe God in a way, and now I pray for God to increase my faith, I'm only showing my ignorance of the scripture. Mm -hmm. That man did that because he did not know scripture. Mm -hmm. He Now it tells me that if I find myself in a place where I I disagree with God. If I am lacking my, in any if area, I am lacking in from believing any God, area, yep. my job is to pour so much word in mm -hmm. me that faith comes. Mm -hmm. My job is to it, it's not to beg God for more faith. He's given every man the measure of faith. I asked somebody. Sorry, no, no. I asked somebody this one time. I said, "Has you have you ever taken a face towel, a hand towel, right? Laid it, laid a washcloth, laid it in front of you, take a pitcher of water." And pour it all over the cloth, and the cloth not get wet. Come on, it always gets wet if you will lay yourself out Child, before even if you God. Got one of them cheap, <laughs> unabsorbent <laughs> face towels. If, if you pour a pitcher yes, of water over you it, you lay yourself out before God and pour that word over you, you will get wet. You will get wet. Well, the, the problem is, most folks don't lay in front of the word long enough. You don't lay there long enough to get wet. And so you want God to do for you what only a wet towel can get done. <laughs> it's like, look, it works very simple. Try it. Try it. Go home, get over your sink, put a towel in the sink, pour water over and see if that towel don't get wet. It get wet every time. I am the towel. God is the word. And so therefore, if I pour his word over me, I get saturated with his word. And when I get saturated with his word, now all of my prayers and my things, they work. Why? Because they're not in fear. 
They're not in terror. I'm not begging. I'm not pleading. I'm not trying to move God. I'm moving myself to where God is. And, and let me tell you how you can judge yourself. Because the Bible says if you judge yourself, you don't have to be judged. You can judge yourself that you don't, you haven't developed your faith. Because literally God will give you financial breakthrough in March. And then in April, you panic. Mm. You literally forget the blessing. You forget. You dried out. You dried out. You forget. <laughs> you dried like, out. Literally. You ain't wet no more. You dried out. Literally in the first quarter, <laughs> some of you had God do supernatural things Supernatural for you. stuff. We in the first month of the second quarter and you like, God, where are you? Dried what you gonna out. do? God, if you gonna show up for me, I don't understand why you don't never come through for me. Because you're like James said, you look in the mirror and you forget what manner of man you are. Now, this is important. This is why we keep hearing faith. Don't be a dried out Christian. Don't be a dried out Christian. <laughs> Don't be goodness. a dry. The reason we keep hearing the word is because you're going to grow from faith to faith and level to mm -hmm. level. We've shared this with you mm -hmm. before. Many of the things that we now stay with confidence when our spiritual mom used to say them to us. We were so confused. We, we were so confused. We did not understand why she kept saying that same thing over and over. But the more you get revelation of the word, the more you lay under that under that word, the more you saturate that word, the more it becomes a part of who you are, the more understanding you get. So then and, th and then once you start to apply these things to your life and you see them working, it's like it's like understanding your ABCs or, or your addition facts or your multiplication. multiplication facts. Is my it, just, it just becomes so natural for you. But you got to spend the time getting there. And I think this is the thing that people really miss is that the Bible says if you get hungry and thirsty, you'll be fed. The Bible also says seek and you will find and you will not knock and the door will be open to you. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting there waiting on God, you're not actually participating. That's right. You're not actually in the word. You're not actually making confessions. You have to train yourself to make confessions when everything in you is wondering uh, when your emotions are going crazy, mm -hmm. when you don't want you. You got to train yourself. The Bible says you can train your senses to obey God. Absolutely. I want to give you this scripture. You probably want to end. Let's, no, let's, let's, let's end you, with this. this let's go to Matthew okay. 13. Okay. It's not the parable of the sower. It's one of my favorite scriptures because I believe it's how God changed my life. Mm -hmm. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Let me find the verse for y'all. Y'all tell us what you're thinking. We're going to wrap up with this scripture right here. Guys, listen, I beg people. I was saying to this girl the other day, and if you know me, you know it to be true. I beg people. I beg people to study the word. Well, because I you cannot depend on the unsaved world to fix your problem. Come on. If you, you cannot ask a world that created the problem to be the world that solved it. Mm. And so if we're going to get issues solved in the world, it's going to be because there, there's been a kingdom mandate given. Uh, and that kingdom mandate is going to be given to men and women of God who have put themselves in position to hear from heaven. And as they hear from heaven, they'll be able to pour out to others who would then hear from heaven. And that's how problems and solutions come into the earth. Amen. You got it's Matthew 13. You got? It's Matthew 13. And I want to look at verse 31. It's verse 31. It's a lot of parables in Matthew 13. Um, but verse 31 is really the parable. Um, it changed my life. Um, Matthew 31, Matthew 13, verse 31, it says another parable put he forth saying the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. 
I want you to hear my heart because I remember the first time Pastor Cynthia showed me this scripture right here. And I remember this feeling. How in the world is a word from God going to change my money? Yeah. How in the world is a scripture like wealth and riches shall be in my house going to change my life when there are no wealth and riches in my house? How in the world is a scripture that by his stripes I'm going to I'm healed going to change my body when my body is racked in pain? And she took me to this scripture. She says the word when it starts out in seed form, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like it's big enough to handle your problems. Mm -hmm. You don't understand how you would take a word about seed time and harvest and go from living paycheck to paycheck to having abundance and being able to bless people. You don't understand how you would go from a crazy marriage to having days of heaven on earth. It says it's the least of seeds. But when it is grown, when it is mature, when it is mature. So when you plant that word and you don't dig it up because you get offended with God, you don't dig it up because you get frustrated. You don't dig it up listening to people. And I never understood why you listen to people who don't know God about God. I've always wanted to listen to people who knew more about God than I did instead of listening to people who don't know nothing about God. Tell me who God is. She said, but Sean, if you will plant the word in your life, this seed that's so itty bitty, it's so small, you will look around and your entire life will be nesting in the word because that word is going to grow up. Now, when it's just a seed, one bird could just eat it up, yeah. right? But when it grows up to become a tree, the birds actually nest in it. If you will plant this word in your heart, if you will make a lifelong commitment to take this word like medicine day in and day out, what you will find for yourself is the things that used to seem so big to yep. you, they will be held in the word. Well, and, what, and what's so amazing, because when this scripture was given, actually, it was, they were looking at the natural order of things. Yes. He was using something natural that they could understand, because if you take something as small as a sunflower seed, and, that, and that's that's the seed they were technically talking about. A sunflower seed is so small. But if you actually have ever seen a real sunflower in real life, it's massive. And it's so massive that birds come and they live in the sunflower. It is so huge and so big that, that this little bitty tiny thing now became, watch this, a, a, a place of substance for so many other things. And that's what mom was saying. If you plant this word in your life today, it will grow up and mature in such a way that it will become the foundation to sustain not just your finances, but your, your marriage, your health, your, your, your mental state. It will house everything you need. But it starts with a word. It starts with a word. And this is the thing, guys. Nobody can do that part for you. Nobody. But Nobody you. can do that part for you. No one can make you a lover of the word but you. It's funny. Chris was singing that song um, that I feel breakthrough is coming. That's the word she was saying. And the Lord said, I, I'm not the one withholding breakthrough. You're withholding breakthrough. You're withholding breakthrough because you won't come into agreement mm -hmm. with me. If you come into agreement with me, breakthrough cannot be denied Absolutely. you. Absolutely. When you agree with God, breakthrough cannot be denied to you mm -hmm. literally it will look like it's a, 
what the word is anointed to do because the word contains the power in itself. Mm -hmm. So literally, here's what it means. Think about it like this. If you're sick in your body, the moment you read by his stripes, I am healed, the word has the power to bring itself mm -hmm. to pass, which means that whatever is in your immune system, whatever is in your DNA, whatever is in you, the word begins to work on that and change that. What the enemy wants to do is to get you so frustrated by the pain, by how many times you've had to go to the doctor, by how long you've had this issue that you begin to manage what God wants you to be delivered from. That's the struggle with you, yep. many of you financially. Yep. You have settled for maintenance when God is bringing you into yep. deliverance. The breakthrough is not maintenance. The breakthrough is deliverance. So what are we asking you to do? We're saying to you, if you want to live in victory, if you want to be able to walk in power and get maximized results, you're going to have to let the word do what it does. You're going to have to let the word get in your heart mm -hmm. and change your soul mm -hmm. and change your emotions and change your mind and change and, your speech and change your speech, which means that sometimes you're going to have to learn to be quiet. Because in that moment, you can't agree with God. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to learn this ain't the time to talk to my kid. Mm -hmm. This ain't the time to look at my bills. This is not the time to get on Facebook I, because I got to get in this word and let this word build my entire life. And if you do that, nothing will be withheld from you. You know, I think about, you know, I grew up in the Church of God in Christ and we, we talked about Acts 1 and 8 all the time. Right. But I, I see it so differently now because it says you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come up on you, right? Well, what is power? Power is the ability to get the job done. So, ooh, so, so when ooh. I when I have the Holy Ghost, I have the, I have the power. It's not the power to run and shout and jump and buck. All that's great, but I have the the, the dudamus that He gave me. He says, "You shall receive power once the Holy Ghost has come up on you," right? Once the Holy Ghost comes up on you, you have the power to get things done. That's why the Bible says when we talked this earlier, Jesus says, don't be asking me stuff. I've done all I'm going to do. You you pray to the father in my name. And then I like what I like what, what I, we, won't, we won't go to it. But I like what it says in Mark chapter 11. Um, I think it's verse 22, 23, and 24. I call those the protocols of faith. The protocols. The protocols of faith. But verse 25 will tell you what happens if you don't do, if you don't do 25, it 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 derails the protocols of faith. It says you gotta forgive people. And so 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 what I've got to learn to do is I've got to learn to to forgive and let stuff go so that it doesn't plague my heart. So I'm not speaking the wrong kinds of things. And so I look forward to the next couple of weeks. We got to point one. Um, we got the point one. I want to tell this. Story we got about, about three or four more points, but I look forward to the next month or so teaching this because <laughs> well, because it's I love that you because, I love you letting because, us slow it down. Well, because though. here's the thing. It I can tell you where Vegas is, but that doesn't do any good if I don't tell you how to get there. You know, because and I need to tell the people in San Diego how to get there and the people in Texas how to get there, the people in New York, because everybody on this broadcast comes from a different place. So rather than run through it, assuming people know certain things, we're just going to teach the basics. How do you activate the power and authority that we say you now have for the maximum results? And I think that I think when we finish this, there are going to be some testimonies that people are going to have because they're going to start to live out their life differently. Nietzsche said point one was great. 
Um, this is okay, what this is what you. I mean about the word growing up, and it just it, this story came to me. I can remember when we've always taught our kids to declare that they were healed and whole in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. It's one of the confessions we make every day. I'm healed and whole in Jesus' name. One of the things we've tried to teach people is that you don't wait till you're sick to declare that you heal. You declare that you heal every day mm -hmm. so that when sickness shows up, you can put sickness in its place. I'll never forget the kid in our family who gets sick the least is Caleb. Mm -hmm. When Caleb was little, probably three years old, Caleb got a stomach virus. Mm -hmm. He may have been four years old. And literally that dude had a stomach virus. And in between heaves and throwing yep. up, he was saying, but I'm still healed. It was such an example of faith to me, but I'm still healed. And, and he was like, he was like, mom, I'm not going to stop saying it because my body has to agree with what I'm saying. He's three or four years That's old. That's that good children's church. No, that good children's Pastor church. Mitchell, Pastor Ram, Pastor Chris. <laughs> so this kid is literally throwing up in the toilet, right? And in between a throw up, he's like, but I'm still here. But I'm still here. But I'm still here. But I'm still here. And I remember because all of our kids had that virus, but Caleb recovered fast. Yeah. He recovered faster because he kept them. He was sleep. We would go in his room where he was sleep. And in his sleep, he was saying, he would say, but I'm still healed. But I'm still healed. But I'm still healed. What you don't realize is that his words was making, making healing come. Him. It was making it healing was come. It was manifesting his immune system to do something it, supernatural that the other kid's immune system wasn't doing. He was, he was forcing he was conforming the natural to agree with God. Some of y'all ought to be like, I'm still healed, but I'm still, but I'm still wealthy, <laughs> but I'm still healed. And I believe to this day that that is the reason that that kid gets headaches or anything fewer than anybody else, because he established at three or four years old that he was still healed anyway. Many of you got to stop being so moved by what you see and what you feel. You got to learn that even when your body is racked with pain, mm -hmm. that you say, but I'm still I'm healed. Still. Body, you must line yeah. up there. See, faith will produce a pressure on the natural and it'll, it'll say, but money, you, I am a tither. I am a giver. I cannot be Ooh, broke. Yeah. I cannot mm -hmm. be broke. It begins to shape yes. your world and then heaven and earth, the Bible says the earth will release her resources. Mm -hmm. Then the earth begins to release the resources because you like, I have met the qualification. Yes. I have brought my tithes and offerings into the house of God. I have met the qualification. I have agreed with God and I am forcing my situation to agree mm -hmm. with God. And the truth of it is that when you get to the point that you rather die saying, but I'm still here mm. than live with the pain, you ain't got no choice but the pain to go away. Mm. And if you and if you will trust God for, for if you if you be if you're willing to trust God forever, it'll come through very quickly. If if you're willing to say I'm, I'll do this forever, I don't care how long it takes, it usually shows up very fast. It usually shows. If you're willing to stand forever, you won't have to stand very long. Mm -hmm. And we have found this in our life. In that our the things life. We talked to y'all last week about tithing. You yep. can get ready to give right now. We talked to you right now with tithing. We talked to you about it with Jordan. We've talked to you about it with getting a house. You got to do something to, to activate this. I wish, I wish that we could explain to people and pour into their hearts 
the level of aggression that we have about the word of God. And I like the word aggressive. People don't like the word aggressive. I love the word aggressive. If you in the The Bible says that since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has suffered violent in the violent be it would. They take take it by force. They take it by force. Some of you are too passive to get free because you won't take it by force. What does that look like for us? The level of relentlessness, the level of the way we can just take one scripture and it's all we're studying, the way we can turn off the television, the way we literally can make ourselves listen to eight, 10 hours a word a day in a pressure situation. I'm telling you, if you will get aggressive about the promises of God, they won't be denied from you. I tell you, I think one of the biggest things that I attribute to some of our success over the years has been our ability to quickly agree with the word quickly it's like okay this is what we believe this is how we see things somebody we, we find out that the word says something else we go okay well then i don't believe it anymore i believe the word <laughs> no, no 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 many of you you look for someone to agree with you instead of agreeing with yes. the word we quickly yes. agree with the word we found out what the word said we, about tithing we, we'll just, we can't listen there were a time in our life that we didn't and i don't mind ashamed to say it, there was a time in our life that we didn't believe in praying in, in tongues we was like you don't have to do that anymore blah 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 you don't do this there's no purpose in that da, da. and then we got to studying what the word says and we came back and repented to the, everybody we knew and said hey we was wrong we throw that out here's what the word says here's why the word says it here's what we study here's what the holy spirit says about it and now we don't care what nobody say you can't talk us out of that we went to a conference yeah we spent the weekend at a conference came back to our church next sunday said hey guys we got to reteach y'all we made a mistake we messed up we taught y'all wrong here's why you need to pray in the spirit and i'm telling you if you will get to the point that you will quickly agree with the word of god as soon as you find out that god says something so it's so here's what happens so one of the things and you do this probably more to me than i do it to you if, if you'll let me rant about something and one of the things I've had to learn to do is that when you call me out on the fact that I'm not agreeing with God, instead of trying to attack you and point out your flaws, that I just come into agreement with you. And this is the thing we used to say to each other, which really brought some training to us. When one of us would say something that we didn't want, we say, well, is that what you want me to come into agreement with you right, about? Right, right. You, you want me to come into agreement that you're going to be broke again? Right. That your job is still going to stress you out? you can't trust nobody? Is that what you want me to come into agreement, come agreement, agreement with, agreement with you? And, and I'm telling you, many of you, you're never going to be free until you stop wanting to agree with your brokenness mm-hmm. and what the devil has said about yep. you. You're going to have to make a decision and you're going to have to pour so much word back to that that cloth, back to that cloth, that that washcloth. You go pour so much water over it that it's going to you're going to begin to be saturated with the red. The some word. of you who haven't sung yet, who are who are waiting, uh, this, I, I feel like some of you, that's 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 what you ought to be putting in your memo line this week when you're giving or next week or whenever you're going to give or whatever you're going to do. It's, 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 it's your seed that says you're going to become a person who quickly agrees with God, quickly agrees with God, quickly agrees with God. Yep. Don't look for reasons not to agree with God. And let me tell say this last thing. Don't make yourself an exception. Mm-hmm. So many people try. Well, the reason you don't know what happened to me and you don't know how this pastor lied to me and you don't know what my auntie them did to me. Man, nobody's greater than God. Nobody. Nobody's greater than God. Nothing anyone has done or said or happened to you is bigger than God. And let me tell you what God wants to do. He wants to make your situation a testimony. Mm-hmm. He wants to make your situation a testimony. One because he loves you, and two because your testimony will let somebody else to know. But you got to volunteer. You got to volunteer. You got to volunteer. You got to volunteer to be the testimony he can use to encourage others. You got to. You got to volunteer. 
So we want y'all to come to all the services this week. We're not going to recap them all. If you every one of them. Just show up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We Sunday. want you to get in the word. We want you to get in the word. We want you to put a guard on your mouth. We want you to stop being, we want you to be quick to agree with God. We want you to train yourself to be quick to agree with God. And this week, we want you to watch training your feelings and your mouth. Mm -hmm. So this week, you're not going to get on social media. Listen, I get it. Don't you be can, a dry Christian. You can be frustrated by what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. You can desire that something else be better. But what you're not going to do is get on social media and talk about how it could be you and your husband and your kids right. and all that. You're not going right. to say that. that. You also... When you feel that you're getting exhausted, that's the key to get take a break, not to go and read four more stories and watch seven more videos. Mm -hmm. You can't do that because it's going to get into your heart and it's going to make you bitter and it's going to make you it's going to make you offended. And when you, and see, that's one of the other um, attempts of the enemy is that if he can get you offended with other people, he can stop the flow of the anointing in your life. And sometimes you just got to be mature enough to understand that there are some things you can't change today by yourself. <laughs> And you can't fixate on those things. You've got to protect your peace. It's so much out there that wants to come and rob you of your peace. And if you open yourself up to all of it, it will rob your peace. You have to know yourself. There are some people who can consume large amounts of information about what's going on in the world and, and not have the ability to, to then take on that energy. Uh, there are other people who can't do that. And so if you know that, you know, if you read, if, if you're watching the, the, the Derek, Chauvin, whatever his name is, trial, and then you're reading every story about every mass shooter, and you, you got CNN and, and playing and Fox playing and, and all that, and you're taking all that, and now you're just angry at the world. Turn that off. Turn it off. You can control what information you can consume because unless you got a magic wand and you 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 can't live in, in, in California and control what's going on in Chicago. So you so you gotta be able to understand what can I do. Maybe what I can do is spend 30 minutes a day in prayer. And once I spent my 30 minute days in prayer, I got to get the rest of it to God. I cannot just run around all day taking on the weight of the world and not and, and not be using the word as 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 my power and authority source. And we're not asking you to be ignorant. We're asking we're telling you to remember that you can be informed without being consumed. Mm -hmm. You Say can be again. you can be informed without, without being, being consumed. consumed. Yes. We want you to be informed. You can be informed. I like what I, I like informed. how Joshua said that. He said, know your emotional limits. Know your emotional limits. You have limits. to know your emotional limits. Yes. All right. We love y'all. We want y'all to have an amazing week. Listen, I'm telling you, we're going to make this confession again, this offering confession, because I'm telling you, it's more breakthrough coming. Because you know why this is the year of release? Mm -hmm. It's more breakthrough coming because this is the year of release. All right. Are y'all ready to make this confession today? I think they are ready. They ready. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father, as disciples of the living God, as disciples of the living God, we honor you today. We honor you today by giving our tithes, by giving our tithes, offerings, offerings, and gifts, and gifts to be used, to be used in the fulfilling, in the fulfilling of the Great Commission, of the Great Commission. In return of our cheerful obedience, in return of our cheerful obedience, we are believing you for, we are believing you for jobs and better jobs, jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable 
settlements. Favorable settlements. Estates and inheritance. Estates and inheritance. Interest and income. Interest and income. Rebates and returns. Rebates and returns. Big checks in the mail. Big checks in the mail. Gifts and surprises. Gifts and surprises. Finding money. Finding money. Debts paid off. Debts paid off. Expenses decrease. Expenses decrease. Blessing and increase. Blessings and increase. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That as I join. That as I join. My value system with you. My yours, value system to yours. You will shower. You will shower. Favor. Favor. Blessings. Blessings. And increase. And increase. Upon me. Upon me. So that I have so more than I enough. I have more than enough. To give into the kingdom of God. To give into the kingdom of God. And promote the gospel. And promote the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to give you this giving Amen. testimony because of your faithful giving. You paid the you, this church paid the deposit to help a single mother get an apartment out of an abuser. Mm -hmm. That is the, out of abusive situation. Yep. This is what we do here. This is what we do. This is what we mean when we say doing the work, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the ministry of Jesus Christ. That's what you did this week. Yep. So we love you guys, and we will see you in service this week. Y'all be blessed.